live from the fish tank it is your host ronnie back with with another episode of the dsac fantasy podcast as i mentioned in the chat no guests today i'm coming with a long holiday weekend i figured it was best for everybody to just relax and have to worry about uh spending their holiday weekend uh prepping for the privilege and pressurized scenario that is appearing on the podcast it's truly an honor for all of you i'm well aware so i felt it was only only best to focus on you guys enjoying yourselves and not you know worrying about that but i do have another installment of a position group power ranking as per barry's suggestion it's probably best to just go around the diamond so we'll do catcher uh, after the recaps, and then in future episodes, go first, second, third, shortstop, outfield. We already did starting pitching. I I can't see myself doing relief pitching since most of us uh, have maybe like one or two guys actually under contract, and the rest of them are just waiver claims. There's just too much variance in, to be honest, how do you even rank uh, relievers when saves and holds can be so variable, so... Yeah, we'll have uh, the rest of the hitting positions to cover. And then as we go into other sports, we can probably start to focus back on other positions in those sports to try to keep everything topical. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's go right into baseball recap here, huh? All right, starting off baseball, we do have a, uh, a new record alert. Uh, last week, Nutt set a new third-place record for highest single week batting average in the regular season uh hit well over 300 i think well over 320 to be exact so pretty strong offensive performance from nut with uh with the bat there and then we did have one trade that there is to talk about it is as i mentioned in the chat probably the least consequential trade uh out there that would be me trading dominic leone if you've never heard of him don't feel bad he's just a a guy I had to pick up hopefully some holds on the Giants uh, for Jake Myers from Tom. I saw Tom claimed him. I looked at my offense and thought, hmm, well, Tyrone Taylor and uh, Oscar Gonzalez are both on the IL, and I could use another bat, and I don't have the means to acquire one by the end of last week with being uh, capped out on my waiver claims. So I quickly asked him, like, hey, would you, like, swap him for, like, I don't know, like Leon or something, and we had a deal done. So hopefully he can just, you know, fill in the gap for me while I have some guys on the IL. And then we can actually do the the recap portion of uh, the recap segment here. We'll start off with uh, the aforementioned Tom taking it to the damn Dirty Apes as he beat Chris 8-4. I mean, just an absolute slaughter from the Flamingo there. Uh, Tom getting three runs, two homers, three ribbies, and a steal with a 409 average and a 1322 OPS from Ryan Mountcastle. Six RBIs from Matt Chapman. 11 innings, 10K is a quality start, a 327 ERA, and a one whip from Eric Fetty. A 10K quality start from David Peterson. Uh, and then seven innings, 14K is a quality start, a 129 ERA, a .14 whip, and an infinite K walk from Christian Javier. On Chris's side, five runs, three homers, seven ribbies from Brian Reynolds. Four runs, two homers, five ribbies, two steals from Ramon Laureano. Blake Snell struck out 12. That's about all there is that was good about that outing. Uh, Tony Gonsolin with seven and two-thirds innings, eight Ks, a quality start, a 1-1-70 ERA, a .52 whip, an infinite K walk. 
got to think he might be the uh, the NL All-Star starter uh, just because it's in L.A. Otherwise, I would probably lean Alcantara. Uh, he also did get seven innings, 7K as a quality start, uh, a one whip and a 7K walk from Thor. Next up, saw Barry taking on Paolo, 7-4-1 to one in a uh, the second of a group of uh, more or less bottom-dwelling teams taking down higher seeds. We got three runs, two homers, eight ribbies, and a 421 average or the 1362 OPS from Brendan Rodgers. Christopher Morrell continues to be the second best uh, waiver claim of a National League center or outfielder in our league with uh, seven runs, three homers, eight ribbies, a 391 average, and a 1286 OPS. Luis Arias with five runs, three homers, and eight ribbies. A bit of a unforeseen power surge from him in the last week or two. Uh, and then six innings, eight Ks, quality start, a 1.5 ERA, and a .83 whip for Jose Urquidy. Seven innings, 10 Ks, a quality start, a 1.29 ERA, .57 whip, and a 10 K walk for Shane McClanahan. Six runs, 11 K or six innings, 11 Ks, quality start, 1.5 ERA, .33 whip, and an 11 K walk for Spencer Strider. On Paolo's side, Patrick Wisdom with five runs, three homers, eight ribbies, two steals. DJ LeMahieu with eight runs, a homer, a ribby, and two steals. Anthony Rizzo with five runs, three homers, three ribbies. Uh, Blackburn going 11 and a third innings, 12 Ks, quality start, 2.38 ERA, 1.06 whip, and a 4 K walk. Luis Severino, who pitched pretty well tonight as I'm recording this, uh, with six runs, geez, six innings, 4 Ks, quality start, 3 ERA, 0.83 whip. Lucas Giolito bouncing back with 12 innings, 13 strikeouts, two quality starts, a 2.25 ERA, a one whip, and a 4.33 K walk. And lastly, Zach Ranke turning back the clock a little with six innings, three Ks, a quality start, a 1.5 ERA, and a .83 whip. We had Mike put the boots to his friend Nathan, 11 to 1. Uh, this is going to be a long recap on Mike's end here. Seven and a third innings, three Ks, quality start, zero ERA, 0.82 whip for Taiwan Walker. 13 Ks, or 13 innings, 17 Ks, two quality starts, a 0.69 ERA and a 115 whip with a 4.25 K walk from Luis Castillo. Good thing on my end that Brandon Lau has been incredible for me. Uh, Keller going six innings, five Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA and a 117 whip. Three save holds from Devin Williams. 8 innings, 6K is quality start, 0 ERA, 0.38 whip, 6K walk for Justin Verlander. 8 innings, 3K is quality start, 338 ERA, a 1 whip, an infinite K walk for Cal Quantrill. 6 innings, 6K is quality start, 0 ERA, 0.33 whip, and a 6K walk for Mike Clevenger. And offensively, 4 runs, 2 homers, 10 ribbies for Vlad. 6 runs, 4 homers, 5 ribbies, that's bad. 421 average and a 1678 OPS for Reese Hoskins. Six runs, two homers, five ribbies, and a quality start for Kyle or <laughs> Steel for Kyle Tucker. No, he's uh, he's not a two-way player, folks. Uh, six runs, a homer, four ribbies, 391 average for Wilson Contreras. Six innings. Uh, this is bad, folks. This is really bad. Six runs. Two homers, six ribbies, and a steal for Marcus Semyon. I did really good last week. I think I might have had like one slight slip up. This week I've already had like five and we're only two matchups in. Brutal. Seven innings, seven Ks, quality start, one two nine ERA, point four three whip and a seven K walk for Joe Ryan on Nathan's side. Seven innings, three Ks, quality start, one two nine ERA, point eight six whip for Merrill Kelly. Four steals for John Bertie. Five steals for Randy Rosarena.
Alex taking down Ping six to five to one. Seven innings, four Ks. Quality start one two ninety ERA point seven one WHIP. Infinite K walk for Max Freed. Six innings, five Ks. Quality start zero ERA point eight three WHIP. Lance Lynn. Thirteen and a third innings, thirteen Ks. Two quality starts two oh three ERA point eight three WHIP. Six five K walk for Zach Wheeler. Twelve innings, twelve Ks. Two quality starts three ERA point nine two WHIP. Twelve K walk for Devin Smeltzer of all people. Seven innings, five Ks. Quality start zero ERA point eight six WHIP for Dean Kremer. Five runs, two homers, four rubies and a steal for Freddie Freeman. Five runs, two homers, five rubies, betting 435 with a 1326 OPS for Austin Riley. And on pink side, three save holds for Josh Hader. Seven innings, eight Ks, quality start, 386 ERA, 114 whip, 4K walk for Frankie Montas. Five and two thirds innings. Yeah, I usually don't do anything lower than 6, but when you strike out 11 guys, have a 0 ERA, a whip of 1.06, and an 11K walk, Shohei Otani gets a gets a special uh, exemption. 11 innings, 10K is quality start, 1.64 ERA, 0.45 whip, 10K walk for Wells, two steals from JT Riomuto and Tommy Edmond. And then Otani pops back up on the offense, too. Two runs, two homers, four ribbies, and a steal, batting 353 with the 1245 OPS. Imagine trading him. Couldn't be me. Three runs, three homers, six ribbies for Juan Yepes. Josh beat down Keith 10 to 2. Josh picked up three save holds from Barlow. 14 innings, 18 Ks, two quality starts, a 1-2-9 ERA, and a 1-1-4 whip for Framber Valdez. 12 and two-thirds innings, 15 Ks, a quality start, a 1-4-2 ERA, and a 1-0-3 whip for Charlie Morton, who seems to have really turned things around. That's got to be good news for Josh, because that contract could have been brutal had Charlie Morton continued to be bad for the whole year. Uh, nine innings, 13 Ks, quality start, zero ERA, 1-2-2 whip, and a 4-3-3 K walk for Kevin Gossman. 12 innings, 8 Ks, quality start, a 2-2-5 ERA, and a 1-0-8 whip for Sonny Gray. 6 innings, 6 Ks, quality start, 3 ERA, 1 whip for Garrett Cole. 4 runs, 3 homers, 6 rubies for Giancarlo Stanton. 6 runs, a homer, 3 rubies, betting 4-74, the 1-3-1-3 OPS for Paul MVP Goldschmidt. 6 runs, a homer, 4 rubies, and a 4-0-9 average for Charlie Blackman. Whip Merrifield stealing 3 bases. Uh, Goldschmidt's uh, corner infield partner in St. Louis, Nolan Arenado, with three runs, three homers, six ribbies, batting 400 with a 1429 OPS. Uh, six runs, two homers, four ribbies, and two steals for George Springer and Willie Adamas, batting in six ribbies. Uh, on Keith's side, Sandy Alcantara going nine innings, three Ks only, but a quality start at two ERA and a one whip. Uh, Kyle Hendricks with six. Innings, 7K is a quality start, 3 ERA, 117 whip, and a 7K walk. Nasty Nestor Cortez, 6 innings, 6K is a quality start, a 1-5 ERA, a .5 whip, and infinite K walk. 5 runs, a homer, 4 rubies, and a steal, batting 4-14 for Rosario. Rowdy Telez with 4 runs, 3 homers, and 8 ribbies. Tommy Pham hitting 4 runs, a homer, 4 ribbies, and a steal, batting 400. And uh, Vinny Pasquantino. Not a particularly good line, but a first home run in his major league career. I like that pickup from Keith. Briefly considered bidding on him, but Keith went way over anything that I could even offer and got Pasquantino, and I hope Pasquantino works out for him. He could have a, a good uh, Royals young duo with Melendez and Pasquantino, perhaps. And lastly, anticlimactically, we have a tie between Nutt and Ronnie. On Nutt's side, he got six innings, seven Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, and a one whip from Zach Plesak. 
Uh, John Gray with 12 and two-thirds innings, 15 Ks, a quality start, a 2.84 ERA, a 1-1-1 whip, and a 5K walk. Robbie Ray with 13 and two-thirds innings, 20 Ks, two quality starts, 6-6 ERA, a .73 whip, and a 4K walk. Uh, Brandon Woodruff with five innings, 10 Ks, a 1-8 ERA, a .4 whip, and an infinite K walk, but he did not start him in the second start, and that could have... Uh, I think that possibly could have uh, broken the tie there had Woodruff got the counting stats from his second start. Uh, Marte with two runs, two homers, three ribbies and a steal bat in 389 with a 1283 OPS, two steals from Tim Anderson, Yandy Diaz batting 480, and Josh Bell batting 455. Uh, on my side of things, three save holds from Clay Holmes. Seven innings, four Ks, quality start, a one two nine ERA, and a point eight six whip from Kyle Wright. Six innings, four Ks, quality start, a one five ERA, one one seven whip, and an infinite K walk from Carlos Rodon. Seven innings, ten Ks, point eight six whip, and a ten K walk for Joe Musgrove. Twelve and two thirds innings, fourteen Ks, a quality start, a two eight four ERA, and a seven K walk from Adam Wainwright. Six innings, five Ks, a quality start, a one five ERA, point eight three whip for Corbin Burns. Seven runs, a homer, three ribbies, and a steal, batting 375 for Christian Yelich. Starting to really turn it on. Four runs, three homers, six ribbies, batting 389, the 1-3-4-3 OPS from Justin Turner, folks. Four runs, two homers, five ribbies, and a steal from Michael Harris, the second. Three runs, two homers, and 11 RBIs for C.J. Crone. Reese Hoskins would never. Uh, and Nico Horner batting 435. Categories for the week. Josh with 59 runs. Mike with 20 homers. Shockingly, Mike also with RBIs, but 53. Uh, 10 steals for Nathan. Nut batting 3191. So um, not over the 320 that I uh, said off the top of the show. My apologies. It's me. You shouldn't expect me to be right. That just happens. Uh, Mike with a 9146 OPS. Alex with 102 Ks. Mike with nine quality starts. Mike with a 1898 ERA. Tom with a 1040 whip. Barry with a 4714 K walk. Josh with eight save holds. Uh, players of the week for Alex Reese Hoskins and Mike as the bat. Uh, Robbie Ray of Nutt as a starter. Ryan Presley of Chris as the reliever. And Barry's five of the week batters Reese Hoskins, Mike, Christopher Morell, Barry, Randy, Rosarena, Nathan, Patrick Wisdom, Paolo, Luis Arias, also Barry. Starting pitchers, Brandon Woodruff and Robbie Ray of Nutt, Christian Javier of Tom, Luis Castillo of Mike, and Zach Wheeler of Alex. Relief pitchers, Paul Seabald of Josh, Ryan Presley of Chris, Scott Barlow of Josh, Rysel Iglesias of Alex, and Adam Simber of Keith. Take a look now at the standings, and then we'll do the, uh, the scoreboard. Standings, Josh still in first, 13 and a half games up on Mike. Alex in third, 17 games back. Ping in fourth, 21 games back. Ronnie in fifth, 23 games back. Chris in sixth, 31 and a half games back. Paolo in seventh, 34 and a half games back. Nut in eighth, 36 games back. And then Barry in ninth, Nathan in tenth, Tom in eleventh, Keith in twelfth. I did the roto table while we're uh, talking of uh, standings. So I will pull that up because this is a a week with a multiple of four did it after week four after week eight and after week 12 the 
total roto leader is Mike with 113 roto points as of Monday. Alex in second with 109. Josh in third with 106. Then 95. Penguin 92. Ronnie with 90. Nathan with 73. Chris with 67. Barry with 63. Paolo with 61. Keith with 50. And Tom with a shocking 17. Including 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 categories in which Tom is the worst. Uh, Bats, Mike, Josh, Nathan, Ping, Alex, Nut, Paolo, Chris, Ronnie, Keith, Barry, Tom. Uh, Notable scores here. Mike with 63, Josh with 59, Nathan with 54, and then Tom with only (laughs) 9. Uh, pitching, Alex, Ronnie, Nut, Mike, Josh, Ping, Barry, Chris, Keith, Paolo, Nathan, Tom. Uh, key scores here, Alex with 66, Ronnie with 62, Nut with 55, Mike with 50, and then Tom with only 8. Brutal. Uh, head back now after doing the scanning stuff here. I actually do have one more standing-related thing that I can do here. And after uh, you know a little bit of time here of uh, mocking... Uh, Mike, for his inability, specifically Reese Hoskins, to hit anything other than solo home runs, I introduced what's called the Mike Ratio. It is dividing your total RBIs by your homers. It's however many RBIs you have per homer, as, you know, the very simple equation that I laid out is that none of you needed me to explain, but here we are 10 seconds later. Uh, Mike, shockingly, uh, is dead last in terms of the lowest one. He averages just under three RBIs per home run, Whereas at the other side of things, Keith with over 4.3 RBIs per home run. Mike was well in first as the next lowest was Nathan with 3.344. And then there's a little bit of a tier there with Nathan and Alex and Paolo. Another tier with Tom, Ping, Chris, Nut, Barry, Josh, and me. All relatively close. And then there's Keith way out in front of, of me. So now we can do the, the current matchups. We have the ninth place shrimps and the sixth place apes, the tenth place regulators and the eighth place NUT, fourth place mudslides, seventh place finding Nimmo, the twelfth place the queens insert name here, uh, second place Fally Jobin, third place frostbite versus the first place whale, and the fifth place walleye and the eleventh place flamingo. All right, next up we have WNBA. We have Chris beating Murph 971 to 544. Jackie Young with 112. Ariel Powers with 101. Sabrina Ionescu with 95. On Murph's side, only Mitchell with 88 points. Josh taking down Barry 656 to 586. Aja Wilson with 152 for Josh. Jefferson with 119 for Barry. And lastly, Alex taking down Ronnie, 981 to 807. Plum with 154. Cambridge, 109. Ogumike with 103. For Ronnie was Stewart with 109. Parker with 102. And Gray with 95. Standings, uh, not really going to be any movement here probably going forward. Chris still 8-0. Alex is 7-1. Ronnie is 4-4. Josh is 3-5. Murph is 2-6. Barry is still winless at 0-8. Uh, playoff looks like it's going to be, well, Josh, or geez, uh, Chris and Alex have clinched. Uh, I'm almost clinched at this point. Uh, Josh is probably, he's at 75%, uh, and Murph has a 26% chance. After eight weeks, we could do a quick roto table here. The best three-point shooting team is Chris, Alex, then Ronnie. Rebounds, Chris, Alex, and then Josh. Assists, Chris, Alex, Ronnie. Steals, Alex, Chris, and Ronnie. Blocks, Alex, Ronnie, and Chris. 
or Alex, Ronnie, and Barry. I'm sorry. Uh, points, Alex, Chris, and Ronnie. And then the total points for for the teams, it's Alex, Chris, and then Ronnie. And the most points against for the teams are Barry, Murph, and then Ronnie. <laughs> Probably a correlation between who has played Chris and Alex two times each in that one, I would suggest. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Taking a look now at the scoreboard for this week, we have the third place Wally and the fourth place Whale, which could be uh, a chance for Murph to possibly get back in the playoff spot here with a, a Wally win. We've got the first place Babes and the second place Frostbite. We'll see if Chris can stay undefeated or if Alex can pull one out. As of Wednesday night, Alex does have a 63-point lead or so. We'll see if that holds. And then Murph and Barry, fifth and sixth place, are tied at the moment. And all right, it is now that time of the episode where I make people mad over very meaningless things here. Uh, we are going to do a the catcher power ranking that I mentioned off the top. We will start worst to first, and then before we really get into this, I will say that this was very difficult to uh, really nail down because the catcher position has... There's more depth to it than maybe there had been, but there really isn't any like current transcendent stars in in a... Uh, in the league at the moment. I mean, there's clearly some who are better than others, but there's no, uh, you know, they don't like Mike Trout of catchers or Corbin Burns of catchers. So I do have um, a tier of one, a tier of one, a tier of three, a tier of three, and then a tier of four going up to the top there. So at the very top, I got four teams who you could say they're first, and I really wouldn't have any pushback on you. So... I'll just kind of go off what I, how I had it written down here, and I'll let you uh, tell me why I'm wrong in the comments after you listen to this. So uh, one other addition, too, here. We had a, a listener suggest that I start throwing out uh, player raider numbers. So when I did this list, I looked at the player raider numbers on the year for all of the major league head catchers. I did not look at the raider numbers of prospect catchers who are still in the major leagues but aren't called up in our league yet so once again this is a dynasty rank trying to balance both positive uh, performance from players now and also long-term future and trying to project where the catchers may end up prospect catcher wise so we will start at the bottom with paulo paulo has austin nola and nothing else and austin nola has been a negative 1.07 on the player raider so that one felt like that was one of the easier ones to rank. And then ahead of him, uh, another one that I thought was decently easy to rank, uh, I'm going to have Tom here. On the major league team, he has Wilson Contreras, Carson Kelly, Kurt Casale. In the minors, he has Joey Bart, Patrick Bailey, and Luis Camposano. Uh, uh, William Contreras has a 298 player rater, uh, Casale a negative 1.25, and Carson Kelly a negative 5.79. Oh, my, that's bad. Um, so really nothing to write home about on the Major League roster. William Contreras is decent. I think it's a decent pickup for Tom. I think he's worthwhile to keep around. Uh, Joey Bart uh, kind of looks like he can't hit anything over like 90 miles an hour. That would be an issue. Um, Patrick Bailey has not really taken the steps you would maybe have hoped. 
uh, since being drafted, and Luis Camposano could actually still be something. He hasn't really consistently made the Padres yet. Perhaps the team below him uh, might uh, be a little nervous about <laughs> Camposano stealing a certain someone's job. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Nathan here. And yes, we do have Christian or er, Christian Kirk on the <laughs> main roster. Alejandro Kirk. And Alejandro Kirk does have the, I believe, second highest player rater score here. But realistically, do we expect Alejandro Kirk to be a, a top two dynasty or top two catcher in all of baseball for the next foreseeable future? Probably not. And then not really a whole lot to write home about in the minors. Sam Huff. I mean, if you've got bonuses for hitting 500-foot homers, Sam Huff would be great. But we don't. Dylan Dingler is pretty decent. I haven't really checked on him lately. I know he was hitting the ball pretty well last year. Uh, for Detroit in the minors. And then Kiebert Ruiz, who actually, you know, maybe there is a little more than uh, just a little bit in the minors there. Ruiz is a pretty decent prospect. But I think the thing with him is there's not a ton of slug, if I remember correctly. So he might be kind of like a an, an empty calories uh, type player. Um, so that was Paolo in one tier, Tom in another tier, and then Nathan in the a tier with two other teams. The second team in that tier i'm gonna have alex he's got vasquez as his main catcher uh with a three two seven uh player rater score vasquez is a, a very fine catcher for the now pretty good even i would say uh, and then he does have shea langoliers in the minors um langoliers is playing very well and i think you could have a legitimate case for maybe even having alex a tier up but i think as we get to the next tier i think we'll see a slight slight difference between those teams and Alex but even for being on my for what I have as the technically the fourth worst catching situation long term I like Alex's catching situation <laughs> uh, so that'll be another thing you notice here like after you get out of like Paolo and Tom I legitimately like everybody else's catching situations it's like there's 10 catching, 10 catching situations that I actively like so I think that says a decent amount about the the depth and the the true lack of separation between a lot of these teams. So hopefully people don't really get too riled up here. This is just truly not a uh, it's not even a slight to be like fourth worst at that point. Uh, a slightly above Alex, but in the same tier, the final team in this uh, tier three is Chris with Dalton Varsho with a four zero eight player rater score. Varsho is really only here because he can steal bases. Um, he's just, uh, he's a pretty decent, pretty decent catcher. He's mostly an outfielder, but he'll probably have enough, uh, spot appearances as a catcher to keep qualifying for at least a few more years. But if you have a catcher who can get you 15, 20 steals, 15, 20 homers, it's pretty good. It's a very valuable spot from your catcher position. Uh, moving up here into tier two, the last team in tier two, I'm going to have a nut, uh, Travis Darneau, Yasmani Grandal on the major league team, Diego Cartaya. In the minors, Darno with a four six seven uh, player rater score. I think that's a bit higher than what you would probably expect for him to keep up. I don't think he'll keep up that pace, but he's a quality catcher for the now. And the he's not even uh, not best catcher technically in the minor in the major league team because I would I would rather have Yasmani Grandal, but Grandal has been hurt for most of the year, so his player rater score I just neglected to add because it's not really representative of his uh, true talent with all the the counting stats he's missed so far. And Yasmani Grandal is really good, but he's also on the wrong side of 30. So we'll have to worry about that. But uh, the thing that really would put him over the previous tier is having Diego Cartaya. 
I think he's the best catching prospect we've seen so far, in my opinion. Uh, and I think that just bumps him up into that tier too. Slightly ahead of him, I'll have Josh with Sean Murphy, Salvador Perez, and Austin Wells. Uh, Murphy, not particularly great. A 178 uh, play rate of score, so it's not bad. But Salvador Perez is, is really the guy there. Uh, but he's also missed some times. His play rate of score is just 1.07, but that's not really representative of his his ability. That's more of a, an indictment on his missed time so far. But Perez, despite being on the wrong side of 30, still really good. I mean, I liked him. I had him, but I felt it was worthwhile trading him, and then he absolutely went off last year. So what do I know, apparently? Uh, but I still think Perez is pretty good. He's going to get some playing time, and as Melendez comes up, as we'll talk about shortly, uh, he might be pushed more to DH, but he's still a good enough bat to DH. So I would have him slightly over nut for those reasons. Austin Wells, although not the prospect of Diego Cartaya, did just get a promotion, and he's actually hitting pretty well. So he's been much better than the uh, previous drafts draft picks of Yankee catchers consisting of Anthony Siegler and Josh Bro. Uh, and the last team here in Tier 2, I'm going to have Ping. Yeah, having JT Riomuto in Tier 2, that seems a little weird. But a uh, 5.11 player rate of score. So JT Riomuto, if we're doing this rating for the now, if we're talking only major league teams, like, yeah, Ping is Tier 1 for sure. But Riomuto a bit, once again, on the other side of 30. And what kind of bumped him down from Tier 1 was having... <sighs> Does Harry Ford count as a catching prospect still? Like, I don't really have, you know, game logs in front of me to... I could, but I'm I'm not going to... I'm not going to have, like, 30 baseball or reference or fan graphs tabs open. You guys just can't expect me from that. Can't expect that from me here. So, he was drafted as someone who could catch, but I think he was picked as an outfielder, technically. So, I think he spent most of his time, if not all of his time, in the outfield of the minors. But he does have the background, so is he there or not? Do we count him? And that's mainly the reason why he's in Tier 2, is I don't really see a true succession plan for Riomuto uh, when he begins to decline a little bit more. That leaves us now with Tier 1, the bottom team here in Tier 1, the fourth best team in catching situation. I'm going to have Keith again. If you look at the Major League roster, yeah, it's only MJ Melendez. And is MJ Melendez for real? I don't know. He was pretty. He was a pretty decent prospect. And then he absolutely tanked in... Uh, 2020 in 2019 he was bad i think he was bad in 2019 too because they didn't have a minor league season in 2020 so it had to be 2019 he was really bad like struck out like 40 percent of the time and then 2021 comes and he hits like 40 something bombs you're like holy cow maybe he figured something out and he's made a promotion to the major leagues he's acquitted himself fine he's not been terrible he's not been carson kelly over there he does have a negative 1.15 player rater score, but that is, you know, does factor in. He missed, like, half of the year so far before he got called up. But what definitely has Keith here in Tier 1, and you can make a case that he probably should be higher than 4th because he does have Gabriel Moreno and Tyler Soderstrom. Uh, Moreno, in my opinion, the uh, second-best catching prospect per DSAC prospects, just by a hair over Alvarez. You can flip either one, and I wouldn't really fight you on it. I, I don't know. I might have Moreno a hair out of him. But if he asked me in two weeks, I might have Alvarez a, head, a hair ahead of Moreno. Um, but catching prospects, are they going to pan out? Any prospect in general, are they going to pan out? 
but that's probably why I'm holding Keith down, despite having Reno and Soderstrom. Definitely am a decent fan of Soderstrom, though. He's got a good bat. But will Ketcher be his long-term position, or is he going to end up, you know, filling the Matt Olsen-sized hole at first base at some point in Oakland? Or should I say Las Vegas, maybe? I don't know. Who knows with that franchise? Uh, in third place here, I'm going to have Mike. And he is here because he has Wilson Contreras and Tyler Stevenson. A 9.2 player rate of score for Wilson Contreras. Far and away the best in... Well, I shouldn't say far and away, but the best in our league. Uh, and then Stevenson with a 3-4-3. Three, three. So he has two really good major league catching options. But he has said outwardly, does he plan on keeping Wilson around? We'll see if he extends him uh, when that time comes. I believe it's after this year. So it might just be Stevenson going forward. So that little uh, iffiness is going to have Mike in third. Once again, if you're doing a power rankings for this season alone, Mike is number one with a bullet. No one else is even close. Sorry, Nathan. Sorry, Ping. Uh, Second place here, I'm going to have Barry. Uh, Will Smith, still pretty young and a 5.5 player rate of score. He's a very good catching option for the now and for the future. And then he does have Alvarez marinating, you know, 2A, 2, we'll call him 2B two, for my for the, the catching prospect ranks in my eyes. He's incredible what he's doing. He's already, I think, in AAA now at age 20. Like, he and Moreno could be very good. I believe they're both, are they both Venezuelan? I think they might be from the same country. See, now I'm, gonna, now I'm actually going to pull up fancrafts for this because I know that there's one country, I want to say it's Venezuela, has been producing catching prospects like absolute craziness. And perhaps it's only one of these guys and then someone else. But here we go. Francisco Alvarez, born in... Come on, is fancrafts not going to tell me? Oh, no, this is really bad podcasting. Oh, boy, this is bad. Okay, um, oh, boy, where do I... I guess I'm going to head over to, uh, good old Wikipedia. (laughs) Francisco Alvarez, okay. He is Venezuelan-born. Okay, cool. It was Venezuela. Gabriel Moreno, also Venezuelan. Okay. Cool amount of this. And I think Diego Cartaya as well as Venezuelan. Diego Cartaya. Also Venezuelan. Okay, cool. So apologize for like the minute or two that you had to wait for me to verify that I was correct about a very insignificant part that has no impact on the actual rankings here. And then yes, that does mean for two straight position power rankings in a row, it is gonna be yours truly in first place. Gary Sanchez is the only major league catcher. That's kind of weak. It's top 12 catcher, in my opinion. I think you can make it, you know, he's... If you took prospects out of this and you really looked at... made anyone available, anyone who's currently in major leagues, I think Sanchez, for fantasy purposes, would be top 12. So he's he's a, a an acceptable starter. He's not great. You don't love him, but could be worse. But what's going to happen in first year is... Man, Adley Rutschman, one of the only prospect and one of two players total major and minor league that I inherited on my team that is still from the previous owner. And I just think Adley Rutschman is going to be a stud. Switch hitter, does it all. 
He's just, he's so good. He is so good. For as good as Moreno and Alvarez are, I just think Adley is just that much better. And then, if you're thinking, well, if he's only that much better, and Will Smith and Melendez probably both better than Gary Sanchez Dynasty, why do you have yourself first? Oh, because I have Henry Davis, too. And Henry Davis has been breaking uh, since he made Pro Bowl. I think he might actually have some slightly below average numbers uh, at, at the level this year, but if you look at his minor league career as a whole, he has been a a truly, truly great player. And I got him in the second round of the draft last year. That was insane. 1-1 in real life. And I got this guy in the second round. Fangraphs has him at a 70 game power and 70 raw power, 50 hit. That's The glove was an issue, but if you go away to ABS, you won't have to worry about the glove all that much. And a 350 uh, WRC plus and A ball, a 180 uh, WRC plus and high A, and a 93 WRC plus so far in double A, but only 17 games. And when you have who, in my opinion, I would probably put Henry Davis as the fourth best catching prospect in our league behind Adley, Moreno Alvarez, however you want to rank them. And I would have Davis fourth, probably just ahead of Soderstrom and Langoliers. And uh, I think having, you know, the best and the fourth best catching prospect, along with a capable major league catcher, is enough there. But the whole point here is off the top, as I said, there's four teams in this top tier. If you're telling me that I'm in fourth and Barry's in first, Mike's in first, Keefe is in first, okay. I mean, I can see a strong argument for it. I'm not going to, you know, fight your tooth and nail on it. So, you know, this one is probably the one of the least entertaining rankings just because there's kind of very little separation even between, like, first and, like, tenth. <laughs> like, more less separation than you would see in other positions. So, I hope this was decently entertaining of 17 minutes. So, we can uh, wrap up here and head on out to the outro. All right, and this now begins the outro. Uh, I will leave here on just some kind of like reminders here. We've got an update on hockey. Chris was uh, too lazy to start working on stuff before ESPN took it all down for maintenance, so we will have to wait on that. But we do have the actual NHL draft starting tonight, as you are uh, listening to this, starting tomorrow as of me recording this. First round will be Thursday. I will be live at Little Caesars Arena watching the draft party. Uh, The second through seventh rounds in real life will take place on Friday and then we can probably start our draft on uh, maybe Thursday night, maybe Friday night. We'll see how benevolent Chris is and how lenient he is in uh, letting us get started. Um, yeah, basketball time. We still have plenty of time here. Chris, I believe, has the extension stuff up, so you can start looking at your extensions. There's no real hard deadline yet for that. Um, should be all. Uh, WNBA, we have, I think, only one more matchup after this one. So we're almost playoff time for that. Baseball, we're already scary far into it. This will be matchup 13 out of 19. I don't like how far we are in the baseball season already. We're already two-thirds of the way through the regular season. That's scary. I love baseball. I love fantasy baseball. I don't want it to be over yet. Uh, And with that, I guess we can uh, wrap this all up here. So thank you very much for listening. I look forward to you telling me why I'm so wrong about my insignificant catcher rankings uh, tomorrow. And I will catch you all the next time.